Welcome to the Power Lunch Live podcast, every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, live in the Morning Motivation and Guy Who Knows a Guy Facebook groups. I bring together up to four interesting people. It's like we're meeting at a cafe for lunch. Each guest brings a topic to share, and we let the conversation flow. We never know who will show up, and we never know what fascinating direction the conversation will go. Let's meet our lunch guests. Hello, welcome everyone to the Power Lunch Live podcast. Coming to you in the Morning Motivation Facebook group, in the Guy Who Knows a Guy Facebook group, and of course the Guy Who Knows a Guy YouTube channel, and possibly our guest Facebook groups if they've shared them. Um, hint, hint, while I'm talking, feel free to do that. Uh, so we have four great guests. For those of you who are not familiar with the show and the format, I bring on four great guests because I had so many people interested in being on my show, my interview show, that I realized I would just be a full-time podcast producer not getting paid as a full-time podcast producer and i'm like why don't i bring them together for like a like a lunch like a power lunch like we're bringing them together into a cafe meeting talking conversing and it's been amazing the the diversity of interesting um people from different backgrounds we have on here so we're going to start by quickly going around the table giving everyone a 30 seconds a minute to introduce themselves and then each of our guests has sent in a topic that they're going to lead on. We may get to all four. We may get to just one. We may start on one and go off on some totally different tangent. Who knows where we're going? It's about learning from each other, making connections, having a good time. Um, so first, let's meet our guests. We will go clockwise from me. So we'll start with Jason Cutter. Jason, tell us about yourself in, in uh, 60 seconds or less. All right, let's see. Uh, I am an author, podcast host, trainer, coach, uh, consultant. I focus on helping people sell more, close more deals, make more money. The book I wrote, which kind of exemplifies all of it, is Selling with Authentic Persuasion, Transform from Order Taker to Quota Breaker. Uh, as a guy who fell into sales at 27 uh, with a marine biology degree that was raised hating salespeople, uh, I was also a shy, awkward bullied late blooming only child so i wasn't a big fan of people yet here i am and i think the world could use more sales professionals and less of the gross dirty sales uh that we've all experienced that we don't like but keeps perpetuating in the world mm, i love it yeah mm. and, and i think a lot of people they they're gross dirty sales people because they don't know anything better because i've been that um until i learned better so that is awesome next up we have melissa van van oss van oss melissa van oss Hi, everyone. I'm Melissa Van Oss, two-time best-selling author of the Seduction as a Second Language series. First book was uh, Exploring the Art of Seduction to Boost Your Confidence. And second book is all about looking at the world through your seducer's eyes. So I use seduction as a second language to help boost your confidence and transform your life. Awesome. Next up, we have Angela... Lee. 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 I wasn't going to try that. I was like, Lee, Lay, one of those. Yeah. Angela. Hi, I'm the author of the children's series, The Bella Santini Chronicles, and these books teach children how to be present with their emotions and how to manage their emotions. And I'm an international best-selling author of several other books. All right, welcome. And last but not least, Heather Abbott. Hi, I feel like I should say I'm an upcoming author <laughs> I'm going to be writing financial empowerment for women, understand and evaluate your finances and your financial advisor. And I'm also going to write another one that is around the topic that I'm going to talk about. Um, what I'm doing is I'm taking my knowledge from being a CPA, financial advisor, 
mindset worker and magical person and blending it all together to help the heart-centered entrepreneurs take their place amongst the wealthy of the world so that we can up-level the planet. I have this special way for looking at your finances that even number-avoidant people really love. Great. That is fantastic. Uh, and I, I know, uh, Heather, you have a... Um, you, you have an event coming up around that number avoidant? I actually, I'm doing a class tonight and one on Wednesday. Uh, if if you want, um, you can st maybe stick my email in in okay. in there I, somewhere or something. Or your website, can people find it from there? Yeah, if, the, if okay. people go to the website, um, there is a contact form on there somewhere. They can find it and send me a message. Or um, on LinkedIn, it's Heather C. Abbott. If you look for me anywhere, it's Heather C. Abbott. Otherwise, you get the lady that was the Boston Marathon survivor. But yeah, um, if you get hold of me, I will bring you in as a guest because you were awesome and listened to Michael's show. Great. All right. Um, and as happened to know about that, because by coincidence, I think it was by coincidence, we happen to have a one-to-one -one on the same day as, as you being on yeah. the show. Um, yeah. But uh, serendipity is as more and more how I live my life. That's what the show is all about, bringing people together by chance and amazing things happen. Um, so our first, also by serendipity, uh, Heather is our first topic host, but I should probably tell the viewers who don't know me who I am. That might be a good idea. What's mm -hmm. the point of having your own show if you can't brag about yourself? I'm Michael Whitehouse, The Guy Who Knows a Guy. I am the author of The Guy Who Knows a Guy which is the most entertaining book on networking that you will are ever likely to read. Uh, my main business, I'm a networking concierge. So people hire me to make introductions that they, that they need made. And that makes me one of the few professional connectors I've ever met. Um, but that's what I do. I also have the morning motivation podcast, uh, which is a daily two to five minute morning motivation, uh, kind of a blast of, of energy and motivation in the morning. I mean, you're probably listening like, this guy's so subdued. How can he give me energy in the morning? But somehow I do it. Mostly it's the music track behind me that makes it happen. <laughs> so that is me. Uh, so our first topic today is going to be Heather <laughs> leading us off, uh, talking about prosperity, joy, and wealth. So Heather, give us about uh, two, two, three minutes, kicking that off, and then we'll open up a conversation about it. Okay, well, I have a podcast YouTube show called Prosperity and Possibilities. And I always say at the beginning that I help you to recognize your possibilities and up-level your prosperity. And that means joy and wealth, which I'm also adding freedom. But joy, uh, wealth without joy is not true prosperity. And I think it's a good tie-in for some of these later conversations because, you know, Joy comes in lots of forms and seduction sounds like a really good part of it. Um, <laughs> I very much like that topic. Um, yeah, so it, it comes, whenever you look at a fulfilled life, there's like, I put it as a triangle. So you have three sides for that triangle and one is joy, one is wealth, and one is freedom. Um, it's really critical you have all three, but you also have to have the clarity about what's important to you, what are the things you're going to feel the happiest about when you get to your deathbed and you have that fulfilled life? What would you look back and say, those were the things that meant the most, right? So to get those, you need your wealth, which that's um, being able to afford the things that you want, being able to make a difference in the world, contributing to others, <clears throat> having your net worth be there, your income, all those things. Your joy is gratitude. It is playing 
recognizing that inner child going out splashing in the puddles dancing mm -hmm. in the rain the fun things in life to me those are the best right um and freedom is three different forms of freedom one is your health that one i don't really work on but it comes when you up level your your mental game um so there is a touch there uh one is the freedom of expression to be who we are, to sit there and say, yeah, no, I'm an incarnated fairy. I do magic. And the other one is freedom of others not holding you back. I was married to a narcissist for 25 years. He's dead, mm. yay. Um, but uh, so there's three types of freedom. So I bring all those together, tossing clarity and you get a fulfilled life. So that's me. I love that you claim your fairiness because I'm a fairy too. <laughs> well, I call myself a real, excuse me, I call myself a real life pixie. So I think we all have our sparkle or something uh, going on here with this group. <laughs> yeah. Jason, uh, do you have sparkle going on too? I think uh, he has no sparkle I think right he now. Does. <laughs> in denial. I, I did. Maybe I do. I just don't know it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got a sparkly dragon on my desk. <gasps> See? Oh, Everything. Nice. Dragons are awesome. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm yeah, not your typical accountant, financial gal. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Well, I, I think some of, some of that joy also comes from that authenticity that, that when people are, um, you know, forced to put themselves into a box to be who they're supposed to be. Um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I am blessed that, that uh, like dressing in a suit is actually fun for me. Um, so I didn't have to put myself in a box. It's actually funny in this, this new casual world that I'm like, but I like wearing a tie and a vest. And so I stand out in a group because I might be the only one in a networking event who's actually wearing a tie. Uh, because that's no, it's a bad thing. I will tell you, there's so I many times I've told people like, okay, you have a ball gown. You'd have nowhere to wear it. Put it on and go get your groceries. Mm -hmm. And they look at me like I have three heads. I say, everybody will think you're on your way somewhere. They will. Just put yep. it on. Go for a walk in the park. You will You will get to wear your awesome dress. Yes, it's a ball gown. It doesn't matter. Go for a walk in the park. Do something. Wear mm -hmm. it. People will always think there's something you're going to. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But that's yeah. the freedom of expression, right? Mm -hmm. People are afraid to stand out because they have to fit into a tribe. Right. And that's also the fact that um, frequently kids are kind of boxed up mm -hmm. by their parents who are well-meaning, but, mm -hmm. but don't understand the energy of the child. And so one of the things I talk about frequently is, you know, the guy who invented Bitcoin, imagine when he's 17 years old and his parents are sitting down at a table with him and saying, hey, son, you know, there's there's no future in fake money. So what you really ought to do is be a lawyer because your father was a lawyer and his father was a lawyer. And we really, you know, we can't see what, what benefit there is to what you want to do. So be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. That wouldn't have worked out for all of us. Right. Yeah. Well, and I talked, I talk a lot about the concept of um, creating your own alter ego, you know, all those parts and pieces that we hide deep down within ourselves, but we're afraid, you know, to bring out for, you know, fear of judgment, or we want to fit in or 
you know, whatever the case may be. And when we just fully embrace those pieces and parts and just say, hey, you know, I don't care. I'm going to go out and wear a ball gown today because I want to. At that, you know, that little act of whatever rebellion or embracing your alter ego or your authentic mm -hmm. self, however you want to kind of phrase it, I think, is all kind of doing the same thing at the end of the day is, is building our own confidence with, from within. And then that allows us to go out and be more authentic in the world, which mm -hmm. only brings back more, you know, joy and associations or collaborative partners or love partners or, you know, whatever, you know, we want to attract with our vibration and our energy state of being at that time. Yep. Uh, Alan Watts actually has an awesome video, if you can find the right one on YouTube, where he talks about uh, he's talking to students and helping them decide what to do with their life. And he encourages them, do what you love. Mm -hmm. Don't don't think about the money. Do what you love. You will get good enough at it that you will be able to do it for a living because people will pay you to learn from you, which is what I think most of us here are doing. Yeah. Well, and, and how many people have chased money and found not money? And so you're unsatisfied. So you're miserable and making bad money as opposed right. to happy and making, you know, if you're going to be broke, you might as well be broke and happy. Right. And not have a grumpy boss or something over top yeah. of you. Yep. I think that's a great segue into the next person of what do they do that they love? <laughs> so uh, I believe uh, next up is Angela. Lee. 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 I can't say Lee. So Angela Lee. Your topic Thanks. is raising emotionally resilient kids, and I think does actually tie into this. It does, because that authenticity, allowing children to be who they are and who they're meant to be, is so important to their joy and their happiness. And how many people do you know that were stuck in, by, in choosing a job that their parents expected them to do? And how happy is that job making them? And, you know, I think about kids who maybe want to be a musician or an author and their parents are like, oh, there's no money in that. And you should you should do this other job. And how unfulfilling that is. I worked in government for, I don't know, 11 years. It was killing me every day <laughs> and um, I left it, jumped off a cliff, um, put my fairy wings out and started writing children's books. And now I do what I love. All that. And I, I think one of, the, one of the key points you raised there uh, or, or one of the key things at, at this time is that idea of like, you know, go to a safe job. There's no safe jobs in the modern economy. There's like, there's so many people who ended up in office jobs or professional jobs and they discovered they're barely making ends meet that they're, they're getting 2% raises against 7% inflation. And it, whereas on the other hand, the people who are the best at what they do get paid the best children's writers, the best crypto inventors, the <laughs> best drummers, you know, if you're the top 10% of whatever you do, you can probably get paid for it. If you can figure out how to set it aside there but only if you can have that passion to put, put that across. And, um, and, and what you're teaching there, that, that resilience and that independence is probably one of the most valuable. I see it all the time in the coaching space, all these 40, 50 year olds who spent 20 years being miserable and lost. Uh, and, and now they're, they're finally, um, they're like, wait, 
I should be doing something better. Why do I listen to my parents? So. <laughs> yeah. And for me, you know, being in a government job in a marriage, I, I don't label, but it was definitely a toxic marriage. Um, I was just unhappy and it took a fire, a wildfire to, that destroyed our home for me to wake up and say, is this what life is supposed to be? Because it's not working for me and make another choice, make, make the choice to follow my dreams and do what I wanted to do. And what is success? You know, you talked about being the top 10%, mm -hmm. but maybe success is just trying to do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine, um, in, her son here in Nova Scotia, he became a welder because he wanted to make big money in Alberta, right? And that was a job where you could go and get a really good salary. He's in Alberta, but as he grew up, his passion was for music. He's an excellent excellent guitar player banjo he, he could just oh my gosh he's just he's really good he plays all of those he and he did it as a hobby he had a band they actually made a little record and stuff a, a cd sorry I'm older <laughs> and um well not older but i've been around a while um 35 <laughs> all the way through it but yeah anyway um so he's in alberta but he's not doing welding he's actually making as much as he would doing welding, but he's teaching guitar and he is so happy mm. and so fulfilled. And because uh, a musician in Canada, this is for all, any musicians who have a record and you don't know this or a CD, sorry, whatever you <laughs> want to call it. If you have an album, you can actually travel by train as long as you agree that you will entertain the passengers. You get to travel for free. <laughs> really? I need to take up guitar like tomorrow. Wow. Well, you got to make an album. You have to have. You have it's a little to have awkward the, with drums, but yeah. Do audible books count? Right. <laughs> no, you have to have your own album, your own music. You can't just get on and press play on a CD player. You have to be able to do it. But yeah, so he actually did that. He actually took his passion and turned it into a profitable business. Well, and, and I he's that, from you know, small town Nova Scotia. So, like, that's phenomenal. It is. I think when you're able to embrace what your your true purpose, you know, like what your actual purpose is here on planet Earth, then it obviously lines up and make things a lot easier for you. Because if your passion truly is music, but you're welding, you know, that's not going to align. So matter, no matter how hard you work, things or obstacles are probably going to keep coming up in your life that are not aligning. And those things are typically, you know, the universe trying to give us those life lessons to say what are you like not learning and where should you be like going because you know things that when we let it to become a, a life tragedy before we can change our mindset about thing it's kind of like how long did that take you know versus trying to look at things more like on a daily basis when those obstacles or challenges come up what's what what's the lesson we're supposed to be learning here you know are we supposed to be pivoting are we supposed to be listening to our intuition more or you know whatever the case may be to guide us to what our true passion is and of course you know uh, like you're saying when we're authentic people will connect with us more so because of that reason i think well angela and i both kind of said that we had that issue of not letting go of things in relationships 
which kind of leads to you and the sensuality, which I definitely want to get to. <laughs> Let's talk. <laughs> yeah. So, so actually, get, we're going to get there in just a moment. First off, I want to um, bring Jason in. Um, uh, on because I, I, I think what he talks about with kind of you know more of authentic authentic selling selling idea. I decided to go to this topic, but just kind of get him speaking. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I was I going think, to. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people kind of get pulled in when they're when they're in sales. Um, I know I did because that's the way everyone else is doing it. Even in my business, I was trying to be a coach and a course creator because everyone around me was a coach and a course creator, and I was making no dollars doing that. And I went a completely different path, you know, networking concierge, which I now use the example and people are like I don't know if that's possible. Like, I make my living making introductions to people. That's not a real job. And yet it's mine. So if I can do it, that, if that, they that's pay that. you, it's a job. Yeah. So like like that. That's that's my fairy sparkle right there. Um, and then we have uh, Jay's comment. And then I do want to address a uh, comment that we got from one of our viewers um, that that I think is is something I definitely want to to bring up. But yeah, Jason, talk a little bit about uh, the authenticity and selling and how that ties into this. Well, and I would love to just continue the conversation, then I'll dive into that. So yeah. taking a separate view from what we were talking about, that whole like follow your passion, as long as there's something you're passionate and you love, just go that way and it will work out. I think that is potentially really dangerous advice. I don't disagree with it. I think it's important to do what you love, but especially if we're talking about building resilient kids, I think it's also important and for adults that just going after what you're passionate about isn't everything that's included. And a lot of people get that advice. I mean, I'm a dude with a marine biology degree. Yeah, just get a marine biology degree because you love sharks. Like that'll all work out, right? Like I graduated from UC Santa Cruz. I tagged sharks for years and I literally still couldn't get a job for $8 an hour scrubbing boats with fish and game. They gave it to a master's student. They're like, we have so many applicants. We got this guy who's working on his master's degree. Like you can't $8 an hour scrubbing boats. And I was working in a restaurant at the time. I was literally willing to live in my Volkswagen down by the river, like literally to do that. And I couldn't even get that job. I read a book and this is, I, I, I again, I love the do what you're passionate about and do what you love. And, and also what you were saying, Melissa, about like, what is your purpose? And like the sooner you can find that, the better, because then it's true for you and it's impactful to the world. I read a book last year called uh, Be So Good That They Can't Ignore You, which I highly recommend to everyone, which is a line from Steve Martin when he talked about his comedy. Um, that book is amazing. So what it does is it says that following your passion is a very misguided, dangerous myth and to not do that. Um, and here's why. Because what happens is, Usually you do something you like and you get really good at it and then you become passionate about it. And there's a lot of people who, let's say, get passionate about taxes, right? They didn't say as a kid, oh, I love taxes and this is going to be so exciting and I just want to do it. You fall into something or you try it, you get good at it, you get better at it, and then it develops into a passion, which I think like the crypto example and those other ones we're all talking about. That's actually what happens, right? Like I wasn't passionate about sales uh, or coaching people or training people. It's something I did. Uh, I won't say against my will because I agreed, but I was pushed into the sales side and then I did it. Um, and I think for kids too, I think, you know, one of the biggest things I see as great advice is try lots of things and then work hard and figure out what you want to be good at. And then as you're good at it, you're going to get passionate instead of sitting there and going, 
and you see adults do this too. It's like, I don't know what I'm passionate about. Like, I don't know. And they think the passions first versus yep. the, the experience, the mastery, the skills, which then fires up the passion. Um, and then there's obviously there's the monetization part, right? Like, what are you passionate about that somebody is willing to pay you for? Right. right. I think you're bringing up fantastic points. And actually, I will tell you that that works for the relationships as well. Mm -hmm. um, if you have a friend first, the passion can come later and you already have that solid. That's what I have now. I have the best relationship ever. He just walked in the door. So he's hearing me say it and his head's going to swell up bigger than anything. But it's the best ever because I was not interested in him. Not at all. And he just sure he's happy you said that. See, yeah. and I think I think that can happen. And I think also if you are attracted to somebody and you start a relationship, if you also have that same mindset, which is let's just keep developing it and and focusing on it and getting better and, and wanting to essentially master it, you if you will, instead of like, uh, this is amazing and I'm excited, but the next shiny thing that comes along, the next shiny job, the next shiny yeah. opportunity, mm -hmm. right? I think I think yeah. both of those are um yeah, there are, is a balance. There's definitely. Thank you. Thank you for pointing that out because yeah. we do get because we've been there, done that, and we forget to mention the other side. So, yeah, awesome the effort, the effort leads to the passion. Trust me, I was not passionate yes. about writing my book uh, <laughs> at, at all. I did it, but I, I don't know if I'm passionate enough to do it again. But um, all right. So where should we start now, Michael? Well, well so, so I want to bring up this comment. Yes. Um, and, and I'm going to respond to what I see in this comment, which I do not know if it's the commenter's original intention, but it's something that comes up often, which is when I talk about, you know, when I say things that are often coaching type phrases, such as uh, we are the result of all our decisions or follow your passion or whatnot, I often get pushback um, where people say, well, that's very privileged because, you know, you can do that because you've got this or that or the other thing. Um, and certainly I do have some benefits that allowed me to do that. But I think a lot of people um, kind of rule themselves out. They're like, yeah, yeah, that's great advice if you were born with money or someone supporting you or if you're white or if you're male or if you're tall or have a beautiful beard, um, which you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. And, and whereas I think really that that pursuing, you know, pursuing dreams, having a goal in mind, all these kinds of things that that we teach and we learn uh, are even more important if you're not in a privileged position because that's how you get from the mm -hmm. bad. Play. I mean, I, I was broke for a very, very long time. Well, <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 I think it's one of those things like that people will say to someone like, oh, you, you're so great, you know, Michael, you're an overnight success. But they don't know all the years of all the hours and the struggle yep. and the challenges that took you to get to be an overnight success. Yeah, 6,000 nights to the overnight success. <laughs> right. So they don't see, you know, on the back end, all the, the things that, you know, you are striving mm -hmm. to achieve when they say that kind of thing, I think sometimes too, because certainly some people come from certain backgrounds that set them up a little easier. And then there's a lot of other people clawing and scratching their way, you know, to the surface as well, you know, um, trying to, you know, just do their best on planet Earth as well, since we didn't get that user manual right off the bat. So, you know. And, and I think one of the biggest things, too, especially like what I was just talking about, if we look at someone who doesn't have privilege, whatever that might be in whatever category, like whatever you want to assign it to, um, fundamentally, the biggest thing is that every human at the base level is 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 fighting for 
survival, right? Like there's four levels, survival, stability, success, and significance. And so at the base level, everyone's fighting for survival. Some people are fighting for it every day, most of their life early on. Some people have it pretty easy. My, my, my parents sent me to college. I don't think that's also a positive because I didn't use my bachelor's degree. So there's something about earning it, paying for it. Like my college roommate, he had to pay his own way. He's still working at the same company he joined after graduating with his bio, biology degree, however long it's been. Um, but I think what's interesting, though, is if we go into the the putting in the effort, turning into passion, it's good to have goals. I think it's important. You have these goals, these things that you want to achieve, although you don't know where your life's going to go. But like, let's say you're starting at the bottom and you get a job, let's say as a dishwasher, which was my first job, then you become a cook and you love that and that becomes your passion you can work your way there instead of being someone go oh well i don't have passions and i can't do that because i don't have a fantastic beard <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm wrong with your beard <laughs> i think that um really everybody has made a, a brilliant point in this conversation and when we pursue something that really resonates with who we are. So for you, it, it's, um, you know, sexual expression. And for Heather, it's about joy and prosperity. And Jason, it, it's about being authentic in your marketing. And these are all beautiful expressions of who you are. And that's, really what I was talking about is that when we choose a job because it's going to enrich us and make us success, is that truly success if you're really unhappy doing that work? And so it's really about how do you define success? Because the person who lives on a beach in a shack and fishes for their food might define themselves as very successful because they have a very relaxing and gentle life. Now, the parent who wanted that person to become a lawyer might see that as a not success. And so you need to, I don't want to say you need, it helps to first define what is success to you. Is it having a good life or is it having a lot of money? And once you decide what it is to be successful, then pursue the thing that makes you happy and brings you that kind of success. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, there's the old saying that uh, if you don't know where you're going, then any road will do. And <laughs> And yeah, whenever I work with someone, you know, coaching them either formally or just talking to friends, I'm trying to help. I always start with, you know, a, the exercise of if you had a, a a magic wand, a blank check from God, whatever instrument you want to use, what would your life look like? And what I find interesting is the first answer is always very short term. They always say like what they're doing right now. Well, I, I want this kind of job, and I want I want to pay off these bills. Like blank check from God. Think bigger. <laughs> And then the second time is when they start to really get where they, you know, really get to where they want to go. Um, and something more interesting, but yeah, you got to know where you want to go or you can't 
get there. Um, and that was that was hard for me. Like I knew this for years and couldn't figure out what it was. At least knew I wasn't doing it. Um, but you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I, I sort of did, and kind of meandered in that direction. Uh, it, it took the pandemic to finally, you know, knock down all the blocks, all the things that I was doing in the meantime, and I couldn't do them anymore and lost my, you know, safe job, um, which wasn't safe at all. It's commission based, not paying enough. Uh, but, you know, I lost my safe job and I'm like, OK, now I got to figure this out. And sure yeah. enough. Well, yeah. people, people think that they have to have it all figured out. And the truth is, you usually only see the step that's in front of you. And yep. as long as you're moving. Mm -hmm. you'll get there. If, if you're going through hell, don't sit down. Keep moving. <laughs> right. Right? Right. If you want to get out the, the other side. And there's there's this misperception out there when people say, oh, well, that person just said they did six figures. Okay, they did six figures in sales. How much do you think they pocketed? It sure as hell wasn't as much as, as they brought in. The people, you have to appear like you know what you're doing. You have to appear like you are making money or people won't trust you to mm -hmm. help them make money. Um, but I will tell you, I've been there. I was a broke accountant and financial advisor because I had given my power away, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, I went through some really, really lean years. It's not that people are privileged to get where they are. And if I will tell you right now, for anyone who's watching, who's thinking, oh, well, the rich people this and the rich people that, well, then you're never going to be one. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't like rich people, you're yeah. not going to want to be one. You have to fix how you think right. if you want to fix your your money yep. situation. Or really fix anything in your life. Your thinking comes first. Your mindset comes first. You it know? does. And it then does. your perception, you know, that's what I talk about perception a lot is like mm. how you perceive the world, right? You can either perceive it in black and white, you know, like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, right? You know, hum, you know, boring life doing the chores on the farm or get swept up in the cool tornado and land in the Wizard of Oz with the color and this, you know, experience in front of you. But so many people are living with that, you know, blinder and that black and white gray mentality and, they don't even have even a spectrum of even gray in the middle, right? So that reflects in a lot of things about them, their personality, their lives, their relationships with others, their relationship to money, their career ambition and drive, you know, things mm -hmm. like that. But we can change our perception, start to look at things in a different way, then it really starts to open us up for more confidence, you know, more inspiration, creativity, you know, being our more most authentic self, keeping us in those joyful moments and all those things that keep us elevating and vibrating in those high states as well that keep us, you know, in these, you know, more blissful, happy, you know, pockets of our life, you know, that I think we all want to try to be like, yeah, that's a good place to stay. <laughs> so, so I'm going to hand the floor to Melissa because I, I feel like there's some people who want to hear her seduction topic. A couple people <laughs> want to hear <laughs> so before I run out of time and I got people being like, why didn't you give Melissa the floor? I'm going to give Melissa the floor to talk about what you mean when you say use of seduction as a second language? Seduction as a second language. Yes. Yeah, so I, um, I think, you know, when a lot of people hear the word seduction, we automatically go to a couple of different places, you know, one seduction equals let's get to the bedroom, you know, S E X. There's also, you know, like, unfortunately the, um, 
the manipulations that we see or people, you know, that they done the, um, the pickup artists, you know, things and tactics like that. But really at the end of the day, when you look at it, seduction is first and foremost a mindset and like a, a way of being, a lifestyle, if you will. And um, I actually, um, very similar to Jason, I think, in the sense, like I talk about seduction from uh, the base of persuasion. And if you think about it, uh, anyway, we're either being persuaded all day to buy something, you know, where we live, what we're wearing, you know, all the things that we're doing, or for business owners, entrepreneurs, or anyone probably trying to make money, right? We're probably persuading, trying to persuade others to buy what we have. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Anyway, oh, no. so we oh. might as well understand a little bit more about, A, if we hit that yes button so that number two, when we get in front of other people, we can kind of start to take ourselves out of that equation more so, so that we can open up that dialogue and hear what they actually have to say. Because at the end of the day, we still want our interactions um, and our seduction practices to be a win-win for both parties, right? And so um, when we look at it more from persuasion, I think it takes sort of like with Jason's topic, this like ick factor away from it a little bit more so and when you're able to apply a lot of the principles and mindsets and strategies um, that I have with um, what I created the hierarchy of seduction we we're talking about some triangles earlier I have a hierarchy of seduction as well and the goal being at the end of it is you have this aura of seduction about you so you know the it factor and that that aura that people want to work with you, do business with you, collaborate with you, whatever the case may be. So using the art of seduction, I think, is very practical for us in our day-to-day -day life, certainly interpersonal. If you want your significant other maybe to pick up the socks or put the dish in the dishwasher again, um, or, you know, you're trying to land a, you know, contract or ask your boss for a raise or be an entrepreneur out here or a coach helping other people. You can use these ideas um, from starting from the, the mindset. And then, of course, we have all the bells and whistles for the bedroom. But, you know, if we work it backwards, essentially, it opens it up to a much broader spectrum and we can apply it much more so in our daily life. All right. And I'm actually going to have, um, before we kick around, have Jason talk, because as you pointed out, I think there's some some similarity and overlap in these topics. Um, and hopefully I'm right, because otherwise Jason just had a really awkward intro to follow. Um, <laughs> go for it, Jason. Yeah, I mean, I think it's that, that ick factor. I mean, I, I love what uh, she said about the manipulation side. And when we hear those kind of things, like you hear seduction, you think of manipulation. Obviously, we think of sales and we think of movies like Boiler Room and Wolf of Wall Street. And and if I say this is a fascinating uh, practice and, and uh, test I've done so many times with anybody in any sales role anywhere in the world, I've done this over and over again. I say used car salesman. What do you think? Like everyone can just picture like probably either the button up short sleeve shirt with a tie or the plaid jacket or something like. And again, I've done this with people in other countries who have never been to the U.S. and they literally will say the same thing and they'll have the same response. And people who have never bought a used car, they have that same response. And that's not fair. Not all used car salespeople are bad, um, but it's the connotation of what is done. And I think as we talked about earlier, it's it's really just about 
the fact that most people in sales think their job is to sell stuff to people and they're mostly just looking out for their own benefit in their sales role, right? It could be just their own survival need and they need to make some money. Uh, their company has just set it up where their goal is to sell and it doesn't matter what happens. Um, unfortunately, what happens is the classic salespeople are usually more effective than the other end of the spectrum, which is the order takers, the ones that uh, I mostly coach and train. And so what happens is those people are more effective uh, uh, as a bottom line. It's it's brutal, but it's effective. And um, then they move up and then they are in charge and then they run companies and they just keep perpetuating this mode. Um, what's fascinating to me is that as a group, I've rarely ever found anyone that enjoys being sold to. Now, there's some people that like the art of it and like the battle and the confrontation, but not too many people like the gross manipulation side of it or want to mm -hmm. be manipulated, yet mm -hmm. people still tolerate it for different reasons. Um, obviously, the world wants something different. You know, one of the biggest things when I talk to people is your job in sales is really to be a guide. I think one of the biggest problems, and this goes both to where it goes wrong and both to kind of like what you were talking about, uh, Michael, with your own business and having to sell and all of us having to sell and solopreneurs having to sell is that a lot of people think the role of sales is to be the hero. It's like, I have this amazing product. I have this amazing service. I'm here to tell you how amazing I am and how amazing my company is and my testimonials and my social proof mm -hmm. and all of these things. And that's my job. And uh, it's not actually the other person doesn't want to hear any of that. They want to know that you care and they want to know that you can help them. Um, this is the example I give all the time is everybody, all of us, part of the human condition is we all think we're the center of the universe, right? right. We all think we're the hero of the story. No matter right. where we go, what we do, we think it's all about us. And it's not an ego thing. It's not even wait, a narcissist wait, thing. It, no, it's not. It's, it's, it's that primal part of our brain. Now, some people take it to another level um, yes. and they <laughs> assume everyone else should also think that. But at a base level, right, we all think that. And the, the challenge is that other people, we don't understand a lot of times, if we're not careful, why other people don't see the world that we do. Like, for example, I still don't understand why most people don't understand what the left lane on the freeway is for um, and why they're in my way. I don't understand. Sorry, that's my mom. I'm sorry. That's I don't. Mom. Please, please talk to her. Please. Every, just we, we can all make it. We can all make a difference in this world. Please. I, I just, try. I try. Just, just, um, but like, I don't understand why everyone doesn't remember what the DMV manual said when we all took the test when we were 16. And that's the passing rate. Like, I don't understand it, but I deal with it. Um, sometimes not nice, but that's not the point. The, the customers you're dealing with, the challenge is they also think they're the center of the universe. They think they're the hero in the story. If you're coming at them as a classic salesperson who thinks they're a hero, that person, the prospect has to make a decision and they will immediately put you in the sidekick role or the villain role, right? There's only one Luke. There's either right. Han Solo, which is the sidekick, or <laughs> right. there's the other guy who thinks he's a hero, which is Darth Vader, right? right? And so one of the things that really helps people with sales, if you're thinking sales is gross and you're worried about it, is you don't have to be the hero. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to be amazing at everything. You just have to be a guide. You have to care about people, ask lots of questions, be a guide, know the path up the mountain. I know where you're mm -hmm. at. I've seen the top of the mountain. I've helped other people do it. Come with me. And when you follow that basic framework, then it doesn't feel like gross, dirty sales. Oh, my God. You well, just described me. Yeah. I love that. 
And, you know, and as a guide, you, when you actually look at it from your customer, the people you're serving, as they're the hero of the story, it all, you know, it changes again, your perspective of looking at it, because then like he's saying, you don't have to be the savior role for them. They are the savior and the hero of their own story. And right. when you can take them down that path, they'll be able to trust you along the way, you know, to get them where they, where they need to go. And, you know, I think with a lot of people, certainly sales or relationships or even a goal setting, wealth building, no matter what, you know, people, a lot of people were saying are like, it's short term, right? And these things, you know, ultimately are like long term um, processes, lifestyles, mindsets and habits that you're forming to get the most um, results and success out of them at the end of the day for yourself almost, and the people you're engaging with. It, it also put me in mind of it's not the person the person who's the best for the job that gets the job it's the person who's the best at the job interview that gets the job uh -huh. right right like that came to mind as you were speaking but yeah like i i totally agree with you like authentic is like my middle name that's just i i i i'm unable to be fake like my filter is like this big so <laughs> I, i'm definitely not a drinker because that wouldn't be good um <laughs> Not that there's much left to tell, but yeah, no, I, I love the whole perspective you put forward and the authenticity and putting the people first. That's so important. So important. Yeah. And for me, it's really, I, I love how it interprets for me is that you are bringing love into the business world. You're bringing it into marketing and having instead of thinking that we have to be the hero we are lovingly embracing the client and saying we know you can do this and yep. i may have a few tools that can help you and here have some mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know it, it's it's about really caring for humanity and, and, and that really speaks to my heart. And real quick before you wrap up, Michael, I think the, the biggest thing based on what you were just saying, um, too, is always remember that when, to, at least in my opinion, when it's done right, I'll use that word, which is a pretty strong word, sales is service. And sales is not something you're doing to somebody. Right. Sales is do, something you're doing for somebody and with somebody, right? right? <laughs> it is your duty to help somebody uh, in the same way that a doctor would feel like they have failed at their job if you walked out of the ER without them convincing you to get your broken arm fixed or right. brain surgery, right? I like they, they wouldn't go, hey, I've got, you know, here's a follow-up email. Here's my business card. Here's a pamphlet about brain surgery. Just let me know if you'd like to move forward with this. Uh, no, they're going to do <laughs> I everything. I just made they a picture can. of this. Yeah. <laughs> That's so they're critical. Not, but they are, they are a professional and they see that as their profession. Sales doesn't have a profession. There's no governing body. There's no rules. There's no moral code. There's nothing. It's just a whole bunch of independent people doing whatever they want. Um, but when you see sales as service, then it's a totally different mm -hmm. thing. And then when you push people forward because you know that they need what you're offering based on what they told you, it feels totally different to them as well. That's so critical with the, the people that I'm reaching out to, the, the heart-centered, the spiritual people, because they all feel like, but it's just me. I'm just, I don't, I can charge people, I can't charge people to be me, but you need to so that you can get the money so that you can help more people. 
And what would happen if you didn't help that person? What would happen if you didn't sell? If what happened if you didn't get them to a better place? What's the worst outcome for them? Uh, when I one of my first sales job was helping people in foreclosure, and when I failed, they literally lost their house. The sheriff came at ten o'clock, and they were homeless. I used to yeah. go to the auction. I used to go to the auctions and watch what would happen, not like to celebrate, but to see it and impact myself and go, that's what the cost of failure at persuading people to get unstuck means. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's brilliantly put. Yeah. Great motivator. Yeah, I, I, used, I used to sell life insurance, same same concept. Mm -hmm. Whenever I'd see, um, uh, it, it was at the beginning of the GoFundMe era, but you know when I'd see one of those GoFundMe's for a funeral, I'm like, mm -hmm. that for seventeen dollars a month, that could have not happened, and you could right. take care of your family. And now your lasting legacy is a GoFundMe to pay for your funeral, and like yeah. next time someone Google's your name, that's what's going to come up. And yeah, when I sell insurance, and that's. Well, yeah. I don't do it much, but I still am licensed in Nova Scotia. And the only reason I could sell it was be morally to me mm -hmm. to be able to sell it. I have to know that I'm helping that person. And when you're selling somebody something that the person doesn't have a lot of money to invest with you and you're like, oh, but this is what has been an issue for me. It's like, OK, they can't really afford me. But if they don't have me, they're going to go out and somebody's going to get them spending like 10, 20,000 on something that's not going to suit them. Whereas mm -hmm. I'm customizing it to them. So you have to really take ownership that you don't control their wallet. They're going to make their own choice. And if you don't let them choose you, you're doing them a disservice. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. that's yeah. huge. Never um, guess. And, and, and also, also a comment. I, I love the, the juxtaposition of, of Melissa and Jason going back to back. That wasn't a plan. Um, but my, <laughs> I, I uh, learned to sell in the, the style that Jason teaches by doing more of what Melissa talks about. Um, I, I did work for um, for Vector early on in college. That was my first sales experience. But I developed a lot of the skills um, more in the romantic realm um, because I realized it, it's not just about me. It's about the other person. It's about mm -hmm. making them interested. Um, mm -hmm. It's about, you know, and, and a lot of those same principles. When I got into sales, I'm like, wait, I've done this before, but I've never sold. <laughs> oh, that's why this seems familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I, I When I was looking back and I was writing in my book, I was like, after I started studying about principles of seduction and stuff, and I had a lot of, you know, outside sales jobs for corporations, and I did fairly well, I thought, oh, it's, you know, because you're just a girl and, you know, whatever. But then when I started looking at the techniques and things, I was like, oh, yeah, that's why they actually bought from you. Like, that's a thing, you know, like, that's a thing that you did, and you didn't even know, like, that's what you were doing. But it, it was interesting, like, to be able to go back and see how you, like, come back around like full circle with certain things after you kind of master a skill and then have that knowledge. All right. So we are coming to the top of the hour. This has been great. Um, I would love for all of you to come back on the show. So um, as I mentioned, mentioned off the air, I mentioned on the air too. The the model that I use is, is what I call the, the theme park ride model, which is you can go on the ride and then get back in line again and get back on the ride again. So um, uh, I, I, I did put up the, the link. I'll share it again. So if, if you're out there watching, you're like, I could be a guest on this show. You could go to guy knows a guy.com slash power lunch and you can apply to be a guest. Um, basically, tell us which Fridays you're available. And if there's overlap between your availability and our availability, you can join the panel. Um, and you guys have been great. This has been super fun. So I'd love to have all of you back, probably not at the same time. We mix and match. We shuffle them up. Um, we'll go around and do a quick, uh, quick parting comment from from each of us. If you have something that you want to, you know, promote or tell people about, feel free to to do that in that moment. Um, so I'll go 
uh, clockwise again. Um, and the, the way the way uh, slings uh, the way sling show uh, streamyard works is it reshuffles whenever I prioritize someone. So uh, we've all reshuffled a few times, but I'll still go clockwise, which brings us to Melissa first. Tell us your parting words. My parting words are: Remember, seduction is not a dirty word at the end of the day. And if you start looking at the world in a different perspective and through your seducer's eyes, ultimately you'll be able to awaken your seducer's aura. And that's what I'm here to do is to guide you through that process and be your little pixie fairy every step of the way. Awesome. <laughs> Angela, parting words. Parting words. Nobody has ever died from feeling a painful feeling. However, many have died from trying to escape their painful feelings through alcohol, substance abuse, or suicide. Give yourself a break and feel. Love it. And Heather. Uh, well, I talked a lot, so I'm not gonna add extra there. I'm just gonna say, if you do wanna come to the class, it's usually $300 and right now it's free. So <laughs> go to the page, sign up where it says, be an insider. It's at the very top for hcabbit.ca. And I will check there. And if you've signed up today or before Wednesday, I will let you into the class. And even if you don't get in, in time, if you're watching this later, be on my list. Because every time I do offer something free or cheap, I let my list know. And they don't get a shit ton of emails. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm super disappointed. I have conflicts at both times that her class is going on. That's all right. Next time. I'll catch you. And, Maybe uh, April. Um, I... I didn't save any good stuff for the end. Um, yeah, I think I, I think the big thing is is that just remember to sales is service, and again, always like no matter what you're selling, what's the worst case scenario for someone that if they don't buy from you, what's going to happen to them? Mm -hmm. And then persuade from that place. Uh, and the world just needs more authentic persuaders who are sales professionals, not just order takers. So, and then also, uh, I have a new private group coaching program that I've launched. Uh, I've tried to make it something easy and affordable for people to get help uh, because a lot of people just don't have any guidance. So, if you go to my website, you can find out more. That would be this one right here. That's the one. Which I didn't have to bring up because you put in your name tag, which is really clever. Um, and uh, my, my final plug, so I am running a summit in February, the Global Networking Summit, February 21st to 24th. We have 30 great speakers. Mm -hmm. And live networking, because you didn't think I was going to record the summit, did you? So live networking, including on the 24th, a 24-hour around-the-world global networking event. You don't have to come for all 24 hours. You can come for just part of it. I'll probably be there all 24 hours because I'm nuts. But for everyone else, you, you, you're allowed to sleep and take breaks. Um, but it's a great event. You can see the speakers for free um, during the event. And But to get everything, the recordings, come to the live event, and everything is only 97 bucks. So check that out at globalnetworkingsummit.com. Thank you to all of our guests. This has been mm -hmm. fantastic. Um, you can find the recording for this, of course, probably actually wherever you're watching it right now. That same link probably turns into a recording. And it's also on the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast feed. It'll be the audio recording. So if you're like, I have an hour-long drive and I want to listen to this again, look for the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast, and you can listen to it over and over and over again until you've memorized every word. I don't know why you did. This is, I don't know if it's that good, but... But you could if you want to. That option does exist. So thank you to all of our guests. This has been awesome. Thank you to all of our viewers. We've had lots and lots of comments, which has been super cool. 
That's why we do it live, so we could actually have, like, audience participation. And it looks like, from the metrics, they stuck around all the way to this point. So you guys at home, you are awesome. Thank you, and I look forward to hopefully having all of you back on the show in the future. Thank you. Thank you. This has been the Power Lunch Live podcast hosted by me, Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy. To watch live, join the Morning Motivation Podcast Facebook group and tune in Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Think you'd be a good addition to the Power Lunch group? Apply at guywhoknowsaguy.com slash powerlunch. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect jv-connect.com. That's jv-connect.com, December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.